Hey guys, welcome to the Elite Coaching Podcast, episode five. We are going to be covering mindful eating and improving a better relationship with your food. We are joined today with Keena Rourke. How are you, Keena? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Fantastic. Um, Keen is a very good friend of mine and fellow coach and online coach based here in Dublin. Myself and Keen work together quite closely uh, in a one-to-one studio. So when I was kind of thinking of this topic and who to bring on, I couldn't have thought of a better person because I've seen firsthand Keen's expertise in this field. And I'm really excited to have Keen on to, to speak about this topic today because and like me and Keen were just speaking about there off air, it's something that so many people suffer with, but people don't necessarily have the confidence to go and speak to somebody about it, you know, mindful eating and improving their relationship with, with food intake is such a massive topic at the moment. So we wanted to create this podcast to just give everyone that education platform you can come and learn from and take away some some information where you didn't have to go and actually speak to somebody. So before we jump into the actual topics, Keen, do you want to just tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what you do and kind of your background? Yeah, so um, obviously me and Adam know each other from uh, working together over the last uh, year or so, but um, I suppose my background in, in the fitness industry came from, I don't know, about... Uh, 10 years ago now at this stage I started training because I was so skinny um, and I wanted to get jacked and that was like my main goal at the time or whatever and after a couple of years of training um, I, I decided uh, for some reason still unbeknownst to myself to do a bodybuilding competition and um, it, which was a great process in, in the whole time and then I went on becoming a personal trainer then after that and, and started coaching people and stuff but that's where my passion kind of came from at the start and with that side of um you know the bodybuilding thing um at that time and that prep was a very uh all or nothing approach to food right and um anyone that knows me um will know that i love my food i love cooking i'm so passionate about it and it just um my whole life basically revolves around it so um those two kind of lifestyles i suppose weren't really um didn't really go too well together in terms of having kind of food that has maybe a bit more flavor on it and is a a little bit looser um in terms of their restrictions um and after that show then um my relationship with food um was different than it had been before and this brought up obviously huge challenges um in in my own life um and i've spent the last basically five years trying to unravel them and um it's it's kind of gone nicely with um the direction that i take with with coaching clients and with my online clients and stuff that um we really delve into the um the relationships that people experience with their foods and, and how they can improve upon that. Yeah, um, yeah that was a very yeah, but, I think you definitely undersold yourself as well. Keen is a phenomenal coach. Like I said, I've seen Keen working firsthand with people um, and, and how we can connect with clients on, on an emotional level from, from towards their field is absolutely unbelievable. So, yeah, looking forward to, to kicking this off. So do you want to kind of maybe first differentiate between... Uh, disordered uh, eating and food habits and an actual eating disorder itself yeah so like 
Um, just before we even get into the whole topic of uh, disordered eating and eating disorders, it is important to acknowledge that, um, firstly, we're not um, nutritionists, we're not dietitians, any of that sort of stuff, but we're just experiencing this sort of thing in our day-to-day -day interactions with our clients, right? So um, you might get some helpful little tips out of it that you can, um, you know, bring into your own life. But um, disordered eating is different from an eating disorder. So um, an eating disorder would be something that is uh, clinically defined, things like uh, anorexia, uh, bulimia, orthorexia, these sort of these sort of things. But disordered eating is just uh, anything that uh, has impact on the physical health of a person, on the psychological health of the person, and on their interpersonal relationships that they have. And those things might come in in terms of like health. They might have a low body weight. They might have a high body weight and they might go through periods of starvation or eating to the point of feeling sick um in terms then of their psychological health how does what one person eats affect how they feel about themselves and how they perceive the world it can you know if they eat something that they feel is shit and they're told well you are what you eat you know, what does that tell that person? You know, these sort of things. And in terms of then in their in their own lives and how they, they kind of interact with people, you know, it can have a, it can have a major impact. Now, in, in terms of, say, my experience with um, my own prep for that show, right? Now, this is a, probably an extreme example, but, like, I was so focused on that one goal of getting on that stage, which you have to be at the time, right? You have to... that all of my relationships with people suffered. I had less friends at the end of it. And I gave up a huge part of my early 20s for that one goal of getting on that stage, which then when you get there, you're like, oh, well, not that great. Like, it's all right. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, so it, it can in, in, uh, affect your whole life, you know, disordered eating. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that is, um, clinically defined and uh, precision nutrition actually have a good quote um, about uh, disordered eating and it is disordered eating is a full body full person full life experience that has multiple dimensions right so this basically is saying that there's no one cause of a disordered eating there's no um, there is many different aspects of one one's life that will contribute to these tendencies or behaviors which involve disordered eating yeah so for instance uh, a person might um they might uh have some sort of genetic disposition yeah to to an eating disorder or disordered eating um they how they view the world and how they perceive themselves may contribute to that disordered eating um, their levels of stress. There's a whole host of different factors that can, that can really play into what disordered eating is. Yeah? You think um, a lot, not a lot of the time, but definitely in some cases that 
for people who may have gone to say coaches or people who would set extreme goals don't necessarily take into consideration their psychological state before going into that like just for argument's sake someone who is really pushing hard for a diet for a holiday for argument's sake and they're hugely restricting food mm-hmm. intake do you think that for all coaches at the start of every process you should have some sort of a evaluation to see okay where is your relationship with food and, and could you potentially you know manage a, an aggressive approach or you know like you said with, with restrictive eating with bodybuilding shows or with any of these kind of extreme goals take extreme measures and i think a lot of people tend to jump into these extreme measures without thinking of that psychological effect is there anything that you would potentially do if a client first walked in the door just to kind of get a bit of an understanding of their background of food intake and potentially you know look at would they be suitable for an approach that may have some slight restriction or do you just like keep it an open book from the the start um well before i even sit down and have a uh, consultation with a client um i would have gathered a lot of information about their life and what direction they want to go in and that just comes in the form of like a questionnaire that's really in depth and you know sometimes goes into awkward questions that maybe people don't want to discuss with you you know um or that they mightn't discuss with you in person so then when i actually sit down with them and i talk to them about it then i have a better understanding of where they're coming from and what they're able for and in turn what they expect of me so i'm sure you know yourself like uh you'll get clients who are uh that just want to lose a little bit of weight um and perhaps have had a background of being quite overweight um and you know that they don't need hmm. count every single calorie yeah. they don't need to be on anything that's overly majorly restrictive you can just build better habits surrounding their food and then you might get someone who's like i want to get absolutely shredded and you're like okay well you've already put in that work for say the last couple of years maybe yeah. they've trained previously or something and they're they're saying to you i am ready willing and able to just go hell for letter for this 12 weeks right and i i think that it's important that for someone who's well definitely for someone who's a serious trainee that they do go through that phase occasionally once a year once every now and then um where they go through that aggressive phase just to see what they're capable of if they're into that sort of thing but like um sometimes people aren't and they can go their whole lives with just merely being Beardy, uh, like just being more mindful of the choices that they make, and they still get phenomenal results, you know. So, um, I definitely think that within the context of like Instagram life, there's this big pressure, particularly on young people, to look a certain way and to, uh, you know, look like they're, I don't know, their favorite singer or whatever. Like, and and they think that they have to go down this more extreme route in order to get to that position and they don't really think of the long-term impact that that may have on their physical or psychological or health or whatever yeah i guess i think you hit a very very good point there of saying that you know it's okay to push hard from sometimes 
but it's not necessarily okay to be that restrictive all the time. And I think it's where so many people do fall into this trap and become obsessed. And it is an obsession. Like how many people have we seen come through air doors before they're obsessed with tracking calories, obsessed with sticking to the meal plan. And like you said, dude, when I think when the, when the approach is there of having a good foundation of training and a good foundation of nutrition and understanding that it's a small term goal, you can push hard. But like you said, for a lot of people, it's this pressure that's built up that you have to be that way all the time, which you don't. Like I, I firmly believe that, you know, if I had any of my clients who are going through a, a gaining phase or going through a phase where we're not have to push hard, you can add in so much variety to their food intake and allow them freedom with their food, which is not going to cause any sort of stress mm-hmm. or pressure. But then you have to push hard, push hard. But I think just like you said, analyzing the client and understanding are they necessarily ready to be to be pressed quite hard because a lot of them aren't a lot of them are psychologically a little bit too unstable to be pushed hard a lot of them have a very weak support system which we're going to speak about later on but wouldn't also allow them to push hard and like you said their their overall environment just may not be suited to be pressed you know if you had a a single mom who has you know two kids works a nine to five does she need an added like a massive restriction around food intake just to achieve her goal not necessarily so i think if If it, it probably a, a take home from that first one is, you know, definitely if you want to push hard and if you're in a psychological state and if you are um, have a solid support system, you have a green light to it. But if one of the things Keen spoke about was slightly off, I think the approach needs to be a lot looser. And you, you can still get phenomenal results with a loose approach as well. And a loose approach to food intake and varies like different types of food and different like working off more of a food preference list or you know setting a calorie target and just giving you whatever you can kind of eat inside that calorie target once there's freedom there i think that's so super important yeah yeah absolutely so um yeah i think we kind of that was a a good kind of description of what we are potentially going to speak about today and so emotional eating is a massive massive one that a lot of people kind of suffer with and do you want to kind of take the reins on this one with emotional eating yeah, well, like, firstly, I think that it's important to, when we speak about emotional eating, right, that we understand the context of food in terms of culture, right? Because um, historically, right, you you eat food to celebrate an occasion. Like, you might go out for people, uh, someone got a new job, you go out for dinner, or someone's birthday, you celebrate with cake, right? This is emotional eating, right? And and that's fine. And it's not a problem. But emotional eating becomes then a problem when it interferes with um, someone's life or their self-esteem or their feelings of self-worth and and their, and their feelings after uh, the emotional eating occurs, right? Or, you know, this sort of thing. Um, and it's... Uh, in order to understand this maybe a little bit better um, we should probably understand that where where is the emotional eating coming from right so an awful lot of the time um, particularly with people that uh, binge eat right um, they will have very low feelings of self-esteem they might uh, place a lot of um, place a lot of value on their appearance or how their body looks and they might have a poor body image which then leads to them depriving their diet uh, a little bit restricting an awful lot 
um, and they might go really hard and really restrict like Monday to Friday and then the weekend comes like oh well I can have a cheat meal or something and then they have that binge or they have that you know emotionally and whatever whatever it is and then that leads then to more guilt and more shame associated with that and then as a result a further restriction occurs and you're back to square one and the cycle just keeps repeating itself and repeating itself and repeating itself um you know so it's this might necessarily be an emotional eating thing but a lot of the time it can be because uh you know, I don't know, you get a text from your fella and he's raging at you and you just have a fight and then you're all of a sudden stuffing yourself full of Doritos and chocolate on the couch, right? That's definitely an emotionally eating incident. Um, and then you feel bad about that because maybe you're on a diet. So, you know, they're not, um, it's not a good thing, definitely. But uh, Do you think, uh, just while we're on that topic, Ian, do you think potentially a lot of this may come as well from people being on plans that are just not sustainable to them and having such a restriction and having an inability to function correctly on a plan for a long period of time causes this elevation of stress causes this elevation of you know feeling to themselves that they can't fulfill this plan which means they're going to not be able to fulfill their goal do you think then that could potentially lead to an avenue of of some sort of an emotional eating because I suppose because stress is going to be so high elevated and there's going to be a feeling of somewhat you know depression that you know you feel you can't fulfill this plan that was potentially put in place for the wrong reason could that potentially be a reason yeah. for emotional eating 100 percent. i think that i think it's so important for people um you know particularly if they're new to training or they're new to you know eating better um that they don't go down that really restrictive route and you know you'll find that like um, one of the main causes of, of binge eating is in people that have had um, histories of partaking in fat loss diets that have extreme rules or protocols surrounding foods. Now, like you could talk about maybe Atkins diet with no carbs, right? Or you could talk about, you know, really restrictive rules around food. Like I can't have carbs after 6 p.m. or um i can only eat within an eight hour window or whatever the case may be like there's a whole host of different rules that people have around food and they impose them on themselves or sometimes coaches impose them on them too and then that in turn perpetuates this worsening idea of and a relationship with food you know even that so word, i think it is important to sorry, sorry. even even just that word rule it should never be associated yeah. with food intake. It's you no. feel like you're, being, you're you're causing an issue of feeling like you're going to be punished or doing something wrong. Like you said, like an athlete yeah. or Weight Watchers or something that has them restrictions and rules in place around food intake. Like we're gifted to be able to eat whatever and whenever we want. And look, at the end of the day, yeah. it boils down to energy balance. Everybody knows this. You yeah. can have a positive or a negative. Positive gain weight, negative lose weight. Do you need to have such a restrictive approach it does it baffles my mind sometimes because people don't think of the psychological effect it has and even just that that word rule i think should never be associated with food and like it's such a, a bad word to to associate yeah, it has with a very negative connotation extremely negative extremely negative yeah extremely negative so um 
Well, we think that maybe, you know, we kind of touch on the, the reasons for, for emotional eating there as well. So maybe we could kind of put some um, kind of clarity around food intake. And maybe if you could kind of maybe give it a brief example of your nutritional setup around clients who, you know, you're trying to obviously be mindful of their psychological effect mm-hmm. and still trying to achieve their goal. Do you want to maybe give it an example yeah. of how you can kind of interwork what we just spoke about into an actual coaching approach? Yeah, so like um, with clients, say, that maybe have come to me and are on the end of their tether, say, uh, this is their last shot, right? This is what they want to try because they don't have any... Um, they don't have any belief in themselves that they can achieve this because maybe they've yo-yo dieted for years, lost weight, gained weight, you know, and, and in turn, all of these things have uh, created a very poor relationship with food and a poor relationship with their self-esteem right, and their self-worth, right? So what I would do in that situation is remove all of the rules. There are no more rules with food, right? And um, we try to take a bit more of um, a mindful eating approach, right? Which is way less complicated than people make it uh, make it sound. <laughs> oh, I want to eat mindfully. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's not so hard. We'll get into it in a minute. But um, you know, from that consultation form that say someone would 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 fill out with me, it would be it would delve into you know I'd have a good feeling about what avenue we'd want to take. So if they were um prone to binge eating or overeating that we would have to firstly identify the cause um you know as we spoke about is there a strict dieting history right if there is we're going to definitely remove the strict dieting from the equation yeah um do they have a per self-image or too much emphasis on their appearance okay well how can we deal with that um do they suffer with uh, generally low moods um, or changeable moods? Um, because they can also have an impact on someone's eating habits as well. Like if they're feeling low, they might eat a food to um, you know, make themselves feel better or comfort themselves a little bit more. Um, yeah, so it, it depends on, on the person really what approach I take. But uh, I would definitely remove the barriers initially. And then I might say, Okay, well, you can eat what you want, but you must use this technique. And this is actually one from uh, Owen Lacey of the ISI. Um, it's called the 5-10-15 method, right? So um, I might say, okay, well, before you sit down to eat your food, you're going to take five big belly breaths, right? You're going to calm yourself down. You're going to bring away that stress, right? So you're now settled to eat. You're going to take... 10 seconds between each bite of food that you have and you're going to put your knife and fork down in the process and you're going to have a little timer on your phone cross the other side of the room set for 15 minutes time right and you're going to try and finish that meal at about a 15 minute marker take as long as you can to eat that meal right so they're not rules really i suppose to how to eat but what they do is they firstly encourage you to eat in a less stressed safe um you know slow down while you're eating the food and um you know really take your time with it so therefore you are recognizing your hunger and fullness cues a little bit better um you are 
being a bit more mindful that you're not just shoveling all the food in and then it's gone because then you tend to not recognize that you're full and then you end up, end up overeating mm. and then you feel like oh you i don't know you might feel that you know this kind of fuck it approach or like well i'm stuffed now i may as well just keep eating mm. i know that that's in my own experience that's something that's happened with me um or if you shovel that food in too fast then you may be you know maybe inclined to overeat later because you still haven't recognized that you're full you know these sort of things and that's just like such a simple method um that can really impact someone's someone's life without really setting up too many rules surrounding their food now obviously you'd encourage that you eat whole unprocessed foods as much as possible you know and eat your veg and eat your fruit and all that sort of stuff and have protein in, in most meals but like there's you know we don't want too much restriction put up around it and especially in the case of someone who has a per relationship with food but having said all that right like remember that disordered eating or per relationships with food are multi-dimensional and highly individualized they're not broad uh i can't you can't give a blanket approach yeah. to, to cover absolutely everyone do you know yeah i think that's that's very good and you know think of like you said more habits around food as opposed to rules around food yeah. you know a habit is just going to help improve and benefit you whereas a rule it's a, re- a very restrictive um very restrictive approach um, yeah, no, we think we, we covered a lot inside that kind of emotional eating and maybe we should maybe jump into emotional support next because I think yeah. for, for a lot of people, no matter what the journey is, is whether it's um, physique-based, whether it's business-based, whether it's life-based, you need a support system. You need a support system of you know partner, friend, family, work colleague who's going to be there for you at all costs and you know having this solid support system can hugely help but then in the same respect having a negative support system can be extremely detrimental and having negative support systems around food intake especially um, can be quite a hard one to to kind of overcome and something that i've seen myself many times um with clients whether it's a male or, or a female um, on a you know a weight loss journey or a fat loss journey or a transformation, whatever it may be, and, and potentially the issue doesn't lie doesn't lie with them, the issue may lie with the other half, with the partner, you know. And just because, like you said, it's a, it's it's a multi dimensional, it's a very tricky topic. People can become very, um, very jealous. People can become very kind of nasty in their approach to try to slow you down to nearly benefit themselves. Um, and you know yeah. just prime examples would be you know if you're on you know a a kind of a fat loss diet or wherever it may be and you know you obviously have to be mindful of your your food intake and you know the partner could go shopping and bring home you know bags of cookies and donuts and bring home microwave pizzas and bring home all the the worst foods you can think of in the world but foods that they know are going to trigger a response from them to nearly slow them down have you ever kind of came across anything like this yourself before for clients all the time <laughs> all the it's time a lot, it's, it's so a lot common. bigger than people speak about like it's a, it's a lot it happens yeah. so frequently and so regularly and people don't want to speak about it they don't i think it's probably because because like food is such a big thing for everyone <laughs> like there's nobody that doesn't eat like yeah. um or doesn't need to eat anyway um you know so when i if say person a in the household is on that fat, fat loss journey and person B is just not on board with that, they're not ready for that. 
there's going to be conflicts because firstly the meals are probably going to have to be different for for everyone um the amount of um highly palatable foods for want of a better word uh, <laughs> are going to be or should be at least um decreased within the household um and in my own experience like i i remember i was training a girl before and you know we'd nearly get we'd get two steps forward one step back because the fellow would come home with like the chinese or he'd be going up to the shop and he'd maybe get like um i don't know something that's you know crisps or something like that you know things that that like in in the moment don't mean that much but over the whole context of the overall goal you know they have big impacts because you know this person is trying to achieve something and they're the person who's close to them isn't actually supporting their goals right because and and then people can turn around and say oh well you should have some self-control and all well it just doesn't happen like that it doesn't work like that like the there is uh, was it John John Berardi from Precision Nutrition. He says anything uh, in your possession that can be eaten will be eaten by you or someone in your household, right? So basically, if it's in the house, it's going to be eaten regardless of you know someone is definitely going to eat it right sooner or later. Um, that's, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, that's a very you know. Um, it's a complex topic to speak about uh, definitely a very complex topic but like we said it happens so much and you know i've had experiences with, with clients before where i've actually had to say to the client you need to have a conversation about this you know it was it was like the, the mm-hmm. partner was using trigger foods like they loved say the chinese and you know every yeah. thursday and friday the partner would bring home a chinese and you know when we do check-ins right. once a week it was all, food wasn't at 100 percent this week because X brought X into the house. But as well, I think with this, mm-hmm. to really get a good understanding of this, you need to have a very good level of, of communication between um, between coaching and clients and have that rapport yeah. and trust relationship built up because even though you're the one who's suffering from this, you don't want to see them in a bad light either. You know, You don't want to see your partner be put in a bad light because they're holding you back, you know, and the old saying, a ball and chain, this is literally an example of a ball and chain. It's like somebody, you're trying to progress forward and just being consistently dragged back. So what I think is a, a very good approach to use for a lot of people, even again, if, if this isn't ever happened to you before or in your relationship, it's a possibility it might. Whenever you start off these journeys, again, there has to be communication within the household. So I know for myself, whenever mm-hmm. I do like a bodybuilding show or I do like an aggressive dieting phase myself, I'll always sit down with my partner, Amy, and say, look, this is 16 weeks. I have to be as dedicated as I can for 16 weeks. All I'm asking for yeah. is your help and your support. And it's done. There's no, there's no if, buts, or maybes. Now, bar one time I was on prep, I think the 2016 show was about three weeks out, and I came off from work early, and Amy was dipping a chocolate digestive into a cup of tea, and I, when I walked in the house, I saw that in like slow-mo. But in fairness, she was, she was doing it when I wasn't in the house. I came home early from work from Brian, yeah, so. But it's just about having having that support system in place and addressing the support system. You know, For a lot of people, like what Keen spoke about at the start, these aggressive 
pushes there don't go on for extremely long periods of time you know and they shouldn't either we're not asking you to be you know extremely mindful of food intake or if you are getting ready for a show or whatever else there in the grand scheme of things a 12 week period is an extremely short space of time and just having that conversation to start to address from your partner's point of view that you need that level of support again sometimes the partners don't know any different either you know the partner may not think that they are doing wrong but obviously on a deeper level they they really are and so i think it just boils down to overall communication and support from your support system is extremely important because they have to understand the approach that's in place they have to understand where they kind of fall in that line of support as well and actions that they can do to try and help you along your journey because at the end of the day like you said, it's all about support. You know, anyone who's ever been successful from anything yeah. has had massive support systems in place, right? Yeah, and it's all about it's all about your environment, really, isn't it? Like what what's around you and how it's set up. Like it really dictates the outcome of the goals. You know, and even work. I think I think at home is one, but in work is another one as well. You know, again, how many times have you heard clients come in and say, "Oh, well, the girls in work just brought in." you know, biscuits and cakes uh, <laughs> happens. So all, and like, it's, it's a trigger field, you know, it's food you love, food you enjoy, food, you food you're not going to say no to or turn away from. And, um, but again, yeah. it just boils down to communication across the board. If it is work or if it is at home, you have to let them know because they don't understand that they can't bring that food around or they don't understand, you know, that this might trigger off or send you on a different path or kind of pull you back from your goals. And if they're, if they truly yeah. love you and support you and want to see you do well, they'll have no problem really helping you out yeah. in the long run, you know? Um, and, and just to touch on something there, particularly if you are someone who suffers with, um, you know, disordered eating or binge eating or anything like that, and those sort of trigger foods are in your environment, you're, gonna, you're just going to lose control because that's what really a binge is. It's like, it's the need to compulsively eat without eat, eat, like you're nearly disassociated from the actual situation. You're not present in what is going on at that moment. And that's what makes binge eating the, like the negative thing because there's no thought process gone into it at all. And just on that note, it's worth to, um, to say that, when we're talking about like binge eating and these sort of things that we're not just talking about someone who over who has overeaten right like that's a, a, like a different thing so like christmas dinner for instance just absolutely stuff yourself on that fine because that's like a once a year thing we're talking about people who go and eat compulsively with nearly no emotional attachment to that present situation as it's going on they can't stop it they're using it as a crutch because there's an underlying problem and it's like it's negatively impacting their life which is different from just overeating at one meal sometimes you might eat a few too many potatoes or something at your dinner because they're so nice you know that's a different thing yeah i think uh, while we're on that topic we may as well run into and um, run into our, our whole kind of section now on binge eating and myself personally it's something that i have actually never experienced with a client uh, yeah. or, or with myself but i have obviously heard a lot of stories and again it just it just boils down to that emotional connection to food and like you said it's it, there's no emotional connection there and it's like they're trying to fulfill something that has been lost but i think nearly trying to address what that situation is and again as a, as a health professional 
And as a coach, there's only so kind of deep you can go into these things before you'll have to start yeah. referring out. Would you think yeah. binge eating, it's such a such an emotional connection. Would that be something that a coach would tap into or would you maybe look to seek outside help to try and combat what's going on? It depends on the person, really. Like, there's an awful lot that we can do, right, and uh, to help people, right? Firstly, I think that identifying and making it known to people that their eating habits uh, are behaviors that can be changed. It's not something that they are, right? And that's not their identity. So, um, someone say someone who says i am anorexic or i am something like they are something right that's their identity and that's a lot harder to change and that's something that i'm not qualified to change you're not qualified to change and you need to refer that out or obviously if there's a situation that's well outside your control as well refer out for those sort of things and know what your limits are in that regard but having said that like there's a whole lot of things that um you can help people realize about their eating yeah? yeah and help them be more present in in their day-to-day first of all um and in their eating habits right because that's all that mindful eating is it's just being just being present isn't it like and, and you know acknowledging what's going on um I forgot what we were talking about. What the question was? I've I've got a good question here to ask you now. So, just yeah. in regards to, to binge eating, is there any way? You know, of course, obviously communication is super important. Is there any way to kind of track or monitor these kind of in, incidents happening? So, if somebody massively overeats or binge eats, what approach would you use to get them to kind of come forward about it? Or what? Of course, it's going to be a very very soft approach because it is a yeah. soft subject. What kind of yeah. approach would you use? Yeah. Uh like I love this question. Uh, <laughs> uh so uh firstly, as, like the first step is identifying the cause, right? So the cause what is that that cause of the binge eating? It might be overly restrictive dieting history, uh low mood and um, you know, overvaluing um, you know, your appearance or your your body issues, right? Now uh you might experience one of those things you might experience all of those things right it's, it depends on on person to person yeah um from there then like i think like keeping a food diary is a really like simple but effective way of of identifying your eating patterns um general eating habits and then with that information then you're you're going to be much more better equipped to deal with the instances of binge eating that arise throughout your time of taking that that, that food area yeah? um, and you just become a little bit more aware of yourself so you might um if you were keeping a food diary, you might take things like well what time did you eat at uh, what was it that you eat that you've eaten now it doesn't have to be like weights and all that sort of stuff but like roughly what yeah um how was your mood uh in relation to having that meal were you sad were you happy uh were you anxious what was going on in the context of that very moment um did you eat it fast 
the deal slow. Um, what else? Like anything else that might relate to that uh, eating experience, and then recording that over time, and you're you're, you're well equipped because you might you might reveal it might reveal something like oh well I I tend to eat when I'm sad, you know. Okay, so well why am I sad? You know what can I do to be less sad? Uh, you know, or like to tackle these underlying issues, like the the binge eat is is the symptom, it's not the the cause. Yeah, no, there's, there's, some, there's something else that's yeah. going on. Un- understanding themselves on that level, just basically like yeah. that food diary, it's going to give them a, a full map out of their week, their month, their year, and when yeah. you can see the, like you said, the patterns of potentially what's going on, that's a clear way to yeah. identify the issue. Then. 100 hundred percent and then so you might even when you when you take the food diary you might say you might notice that oh well i actually go like really long without eating hmm. right so okay well let's introduce some more regular eating let's let's give ourselves general rough times that we're going to eat that right throughout the day and then that could that in itself could solve the problem of binge eating because that person might have been binging because they have gone all day not eating and they're starving by the evening and then all of a sudden they're like like just compulsively eating while the dinner is cooking, do you know? Um, uh, they've no control. As well, then, like I was gonna say, yeah. sorry, just no, no control when hunger has been so highly elevated. You know, I've, I've, I've always kind of noticed that pattern of if, like you said, long durations, the satiety just can't be met from food, and even if it is a, a, a pizza or a burger and chips, they could have pizza they could have ice cream they could have and they could keep eating and going and going because they just yeah. never get that satiating feeling in the stomach i think you said more regular meals is gonna hugely yeah. impact that massively 100 and and also the quality of the food that you're eating really comes into that as well like yeah. unprocessed as much as possible and like you're laughing like you know you're, that's a, a very easy technique just improve and eat the foods that you like you know if you're restricting yourself in, in eating foods that you don't like then well you know expect to be craving foods that you do want you know so you know you can include those sort of things in as well and then this kind of leads on to then i suppose that an awful lot of the time people um may have some fears associated with food mm. like um like oh i can't eat chocolate because it'll make me fat or uh i can't eat carbs after six these sort of things so you know if you are trying to tackle your binge eating you might slowly 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 reintroduce the things that you're afraid of and you know now that you're being more conscious of it you're monitoring what's happening the likelihood that you are going to overeat those foods that you're afraid of or really break those restrictive rules that you're even posing yourself is going to be like probably turn out to be an unfounded fear and over time you can introduce all of the things that you're afraid of you know uh, and and you know put yourself in a much better position in the in the long term you know Absolutely. I think I'm firm believer that adherence is, is key. You know, even even if it's not correlated towards any sort of specific goal, adherence to food intake and just being able to sustain healthy eating for long periods 
of time, like yeah. you said, unprocessed foods, but having foods you love and you enjoy. Like I think we've come so far as coaches to now understand that there shouldn't be massive restrictions around food. And like even in an extreme environment, you can still have you can still have preference. I think that's the most important thing if you are not even setting up a meal plan for yourself, but if you're just trying to put together a healthy breakfast, lunch, and a dinner for yourself, include foods that you enjoy. Like if someone said to me, you have to eat asparagus and cod every single day for the next year, I'd go bananas because I don't like that food. Whereas someone said you can eat yeah. steak and something else. Okay, now you're kind of talking my language. So just kind of keeping foods like you, said, you love and you enjoy, it's going to allow for that mm-hmm. healthier relationship to, to progress long-term. Absolutely, 100%. Long term. So um, I think we'll kind of, and we kind of covered a lot there. We've covered some a lot on the emotional side and um, we've covered a good bit around the, the binge eating. And um, I think maybe just talking a little bit more about that mindfulness approach to, to food and take a nice way to kind of wrap things up. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> it's funny because uh, I always laugh at this, but um, you know, one time someone said to me, I want to do mindful eating. And I was like, okay, well, it's not like, <laughs> it's not this big complicated thing that, uh, you know, it's way simpler than you have it in, in your in your brain. And all that, at least for me, all that being mindful means is that I'm present in the moment of what is going on, right? So that in itself is completely different from binge eating because it's not mindful because you're not present and you're not, it's compulsive yeah so one thing that i would encourage people to do is um if they wanted to be a little bit more mindful about how they eat is to ask themselves five questions firstly what are you eating right so is this uh, a good high quality unprocessed food choice right Generally speaking, not all the time, most of the time, right? What are you eating? When are you eating it? Is it regular? Is Am I going through periods of time when I'm, uh, maybe I haven't eaten en- enough or am I not eating regularly enough, yeah? How are you eating it? Are you wolfing it down, sitting in front of the telly? Uh, are you shoving it in when there's a child swinging out of one arm? Uh, or are you eating it when you're sitting on your phone? You know, is the room distraction free? Um, where are you eating it? If you're sitting at the telly, I mean, you have this big, like, stressful blue light thing going on in the in the background, very distracted. You're not going to be present in that moment of exactly what you're eating. And lastly, who are you eating it with? Because that is important as well. Like, so, for instance, if you sat down to a table and say your partner is with you, your family is with you, whatever, um, you know, you're probably going to be a little bit more inclined to have a conversation at the table. So the eating itself is going to be slower. And if the eating is slower, then um, you're going to be a little bit more better equipped to recognize your hunger and fullness cues, right? So then you're not going to overeat are going to be less likely to overeat yeah so those five questions what when how where and who are um i think the easiest probably techniques to uh to just ask yourself if you're trying to be a little bit more mindful about your food they all do say yeah 
Yeah, and I think that was that was absolutely fantastic. We we covered a lot inside of uh, inside of that. And again, you know what, what Keen spoke about at the start. This is all just for, for education purposes only. You know, if you want to take any information about this, please try and and consult with at least your physician or, or somebody who can help you a lot further than we can. But um, if you have anything else you want to add in, Kino? Are you happy with Anything what? else I want to add in? I'm, I'm very happy with that. It went really well. Um, Especially the last part, the, the kind of five things to consider about mindful eating was, was really good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, uh, maybe some, some good resources for people. Um, BreakBingeEating.com is really good. Um, there's a book called Intuitive Eating on Audible by I think Evelyn Triboli or something their nutritional therapist Re- also really good um, anything from Precision Nutrition super good all that sort of stuff there's loads out there there's loads of information out there so right and like I said earlier on guys Keen is a I've seen firsthand Keen's Keen's capabilities of tackling this with clients and Keen is is a one-to-one coach but also an online coach so if anybody likes what Keen spoke about today or would potentially like to you know for Keen to help them out inside their journey Keen where can they kind of find you what's your plug what's your Instagram what's your online coaching business do you want to just tell them a little bit about that yeah so actually since um I, I've been thinking about it for a long time. I've been thinking about going online and that sort of thing, and then kind of lockdown brought it all about. Really, I suppose, gave me the push I needed. So, um, I it's called Full Circle Coaching. Um, it's my little baby. Um, and it's I think the name I suppose is really uh, about what it is. It's about what it's about because I come from this position of um, maybe being uh, a little bit more depressed than I am now dealing with different struggles in my life in terms of my food, my training, my mental health, all of this sort of stuff, and to have come then full circle. So I thought the name was appropriate, and that's what I try to bring that same sort of experience to um, to people and for it to be a different coaching experience than maybe they would have, they would have previously had. You know, um, and if you do want uh, more information, you can check out my Instagram at Keenfist, <laughs> um, and there is all the information is there. You can click on the little link tree thing, and there's a coaching application form, or indeed you can check out um, all the lovely foods that I cook. <laughs> yeah, fantastic! Yeah, thank you very much. Right. Really appreciate it, buddy. Thank you very much. That's it.